Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics. So get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, welcome to the Coco Express Show Network. It's time for you, the best invention ever with Valencia Lyle Saunders. Welcome to you, the best invention ever, featuring host Valencia Lyle Saunders, a show dedicated to inspiring you to invent something incredible, your life. Hey, 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 happy end of October, happy harvest, and what? Happy Halloween. How y'all doing today, this Saturday, Halloween day? Um, What costumes are you? Ooh, I have seen some starting yesterday, so I think Halloween actually started yesterday. Especially for the kids, you know, it's a Friday, you got to wear your costume, you got to have your Halloween parties, and some parents, oh, y'all love your children because you had on some costumes, and I was like, for real? (laughs) There was one woman in the train station, and it was quasi, is this a costume, or this is how you do it? But then I saw her, her child with her, and I was like, okay, this must be, ooh, you're a good mommy. She had on a multicolored wig, a, like, foamy crayon-looking cover, like you get on the crayons, and, like, some crazy foamy boots. And I was like, oh, you're a good mom. You're dressing crazy for boo. Anyway, it was kind of cute, but kind of weird <laughs> at the same time. Um so today, I want to, you know, I, I started thinking about Halloween and, you know, where does, where does this come from? What's, you know, what, what are the origins of this holiday? Because now it is supposedly one of the biggest money-making holidays of the year, um, something like $6 billion dollars is spent on Halloween in the United States. Now, other countries do Halloween, but they don't do it like we do it. But, you know, they're starting to catch the fever, you know. Um, And as you know, all kinds of seasonal Halloween shops pop up. There's one in my neighborhood now. Um, And by the time, and they stay open until Halloween night. <laughs> so if you decided that you needed a costume because you got invited to a last-minute party, they are with you. They are there for you. So it has become such um, an event. Halloween parade, you know, in New York, there's the big um, Christopher, you know, Christopher Street, but um, Village Halloween 
event, which I have attended on several occasions, which is just unbelievable how creative and how inventive people are with these costumes. Now, when I was a kid, I wasn't fond, you know, not like some kids are like, Halloween! I was like, okay, Halloween. And my mom was good at making costumes, so she would whip up a costume or two for us. And I was like, look, let's go out for a little while, get the candy, and come back in the house. Because, like we say, trick or treat, tricks were very prevalent then. And I didn't like the tricks. And there were a group of boys that would have these socks filled with, like, flour or chalk, and they would chase you. They would chase you around and hit you with this sock. So you would end up with this giant mark, (laughs) white powder or white chalk on your costume or your coat. And I just felt like everybody knew that the crazy boys got me. Ah, good times, right? Not really. Anyway, uh, that was my Halloween experience. But let's kind of take this back. So I did a little research, and I found out that the real origins of Halloween are from a pagan Gothic festival called Samhain. Samhain, it marked the end of the harvest season, um, and the evening before the eve of it was called All Hallows Eve, which later has become our Halloween. So, um, also, Samhain was, uh, they believed that ghosts of the dead would return to the earth and cause trouble and damage the and damage crops. So here we have the trick, right? And the festival is the treat. So it really has its roots in um, kind of the pagan religion tradition, which sounds right to me. Moving on. So to mark the event, the Druids built a huge bonfire, and people would gather around the bonfire and burn crops and animals as a sacrifice to Celtic deities, to Celtic gods. So I can see that in my mind's eye. Like, oh, yay, dance around the bonfire. Woo, woo, throw some corn in. Woo, maybe that's where we got popcorn from. I don't know. And they also wore costumes made from animal heads and skins. And they told each other's fortune, which we still do. Wow. So we haven't deviated that far from the original traditions. When the celebration was over, each household lit fire from the huge fire that was built, the huge bonfire, and they, you know, took this fire to their homes. And this was their way of saying that um, this bonfire that they had lit and the sacrifices that they had made would protect them from the coming winter so that they would be warm and protected. Now, in 
in 43 AD, okay, the Roman Empire conquered the Celtic Empire and adapted Samolin and another holiday called the Fairlane. And that was, uh, Fairlane was celebrating the passing of the dead. And <clears throat> there was a, a Roman god, goddess actually, uh, Pomona, who was the goddess of the trees. And that's where we get the symbol of the apple. So that's where we get bobbing for apples. So we have really held on to some of these um, ancient traditions. Hmm, this is kind of interesting. Now, here's another point in the Halloween tradition. We get to 609 A.D., and Pope Boniface the Fourth. Um, the Church created All Souls Day, which was November second, and this was also to honor the dead. And it was believed that the Church wanted to replace the Celtic tradition. They were like, okay, it's enough of this, you know, sacrificing animals and running around and animal skinheads. Eh, let's see if we can, you know, kind of win some parishioners. Let's see if we can bring some, you know, people over to our side. So it, here's where we get All Hallows or All Hallows Mass, Okay which means All Saints Day. All right. So the church is like, let's get in on this. There's a lot of celebration here. Let's see if we can retool this holiday from a pagan holiday to include the church. So that's where we get All Saints Day and All Hallows. Now, coming to America... We so it starts in, in in Europe. It comes to America here in the States when people came over um you know the Puritans, the the, the Protestants. Um but it was kind of limited because you know, they were very strict some of the projects. Protestant traditions, and they were like, "No, we're not doing that. That's kind of not. That's not in our, in our worship practice." So, um, but there were still some who were like, "No, that's part of you know." But Halloween was more actually more prevalent in Maryland. So we we always look at New England and Boston as um the seat of Halloween, you know, because, you know, Salem, Massachusetts came along and they had those horrible witch burnings and the horrible, you know, Salem witch trials. And that's, I think, where we got the horror aspect came into uh, being with Halloween. But um, this is the way they celebrated in Maryland. So they had play parties, like they would put on a little play, it was a public event to celebrate the harvest. 
they shared stories about their loved ones who had passed on. So it really was, you know, um, a community event. It was more of a harvest festival instead of trick-or-treat. So it was very community-based, I think. Now we get to 1846. And then more immigrants are coming from Europe. And it moves from a more sacred uh, festival to, you know, because it was All Hallows' Eve, also All Saints' Day. And now they come here to America, and it becomes more of a secular holiday. You know, there's no connection to the church anymore, really. So that's how we get Halloween. Yeah. So we move. Here's another big evolution in the Halloween story. In the 1920s and the 1930s, it becomes a community-centered holiday, which isn't such a huge change as well, but it's just definitely not so connected to All Saints Day or all, yeah, it's not, we're not introducing the saints. We're, we're just kind of working in the community. And the community is, you know, decorated and, having fun and their kids dressed up in costumes and in different ways and so it's still really community based. Now we get to the nineteen fifties, which we kind of look at as like, you know, Ozzy and Harriet, you know, values, family values, but vandalism is introduced. And the real idea of trick or treat, where people do things that are not nice. <laughs> so that's when you get your, your house is toilet papered and you end up with a rock in your, in your, in your trick-or-treat bag instead of candy. And, you know, real, and some of the more sinister um, tricks like the razor blades and apples. I mean, this was kind of surprising to me that in the 1950s, the idea of vandalizing property and really bad tricks on people and some really sinister tricks on people, mostly children. Uh, So I guess that's why the boys with the sock chalk or or flower were chasing people. I didn't like that when I was a kid. Hmm. So I know where that came from. And any and to add to that, I remember when I was like nine nineteen or twenty, some friends of mine, hmm, boys, it was Halloween and I was on my way home and they actually, and they must have been in there like 19 and 22, and they had those, you know, chalk sock things, 
sock things. And I was like, and they chased me like a block. <laughs> I can't believe I was still traumatized by that. Ay, 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 ay. So now, um, like I started saying before, Halloween is huge business. Huh? Huge business. I mean, you have, you know, I've seen costumes that are related to politics. And there's always, there's this whole line of um, sexy costumes. You can be a sexy nurse. You can be a sexy firefighter. You can be a, you can be a sexy anything. They've turned it into a sexy anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I think is, is hilarious. Um, at the same time, they also have, I remember when I was taking my daughter to trick-or-treating, uh, they would have these costumes that would, like, you know, leak fake blood. Oh, that was so disgusting looking. Ugh. And, of course, she would scream bloody murder and be totally afraid of these kids. But we had a fun time Halloween in, in our neighborhood. Uh, there were There was one woman who really did a great job organizing the neighborhood and whose house you can go to um, because they would put a lit uh, pumpkin in their window or on their doorstep. And that means, you know, they're on the list of homes you could go to. And one family would had decorated their house and you can go in and do a haunted little walkthrough and there was a mummy, <laughs> which was really somebody's dad wrapped in toilet paper, which is really funny. But then there was a house of like college age folk who just went bonkers because that's what college people do. They take it to a whole nother level. Kids, they were trying to, you know, they did this like really scary um, fright night kind of thing. And then they would ask the kids if they wanted a candy. They were like, uh, no, they wouldn't even go near the house. <laughs> so they had a lot of candy hanging around, I'm sure. But, you know, it's all in fun. And it really got really popular. You know, it caught on up here and, at one point, there were so many um, people from outside in the neighborhood coming to do Halloween up here, which is Harlem, I'm talking about, up here in Harlem. Um, but you always have that one house that gives out inappropriate treats, like yogurt. What is that? You know, and parents are like, don't take that, or fruit. Don't take that. Not that you can't doctor other, you know, candies, but yogurt? Mm-mm. No, thank you. So there was this one house that was on the list, and the kid was like, she's giving out yogurt. <laughs> we were like, we're going to bypass that house. Anyway, I don't think she had, a, you know, a lot of takers from, you know, from us, but... um. I don't know, I didn't get the whole yogurt thing. So um, one thing, that was fun, though. And so she's all grown up, and she's uh, away at college. And so I'm, this is my Halloween moment. Um, so and there's where she is, there's a huge 
Halloween party on her campus. And um, I just want to say to all the college kids out there, be safe. And all the kids and all the folks um, trick-or-treating and Halloweening and celebrating, be safe. Be safe. Be careful. So that's just my shout-out from the Safety Patrol. I'm the Halloween Safety Patrol. So I'm putting it out there. Be safe, be careful, and have fun. But there's one thing about Halloween that it's kind of, I have a Halloween story. This is like my, maybe two ghost stories. This is like, this really happened to me, people. I kid you not. It was Halloween, and I didn't, I didn't go out for Halloween. And I was a single gal. Um, and I didn't go out for Halloween. And I was, like, just hanging out at home watching TV, watching some crazy movies. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch some, you know, Halloween movies. And um, I was like, well, it's time to go to bed. And I could see people trick-or-treating from my window, which was kind of cute. And I fell asleep. No, nope, I hadn't gone to sleep yet, but the lights were out. And I heard this voice, and it was like an operatic voice, but it was a male operatic voice. And I looked, and I, I, I kid you not, maybe I was hallucinating, I don't know. But I saw this little, round, chubby, it was an orb kind of, but it had the shape of a man with a top hat on, and he was just floating by, singing, operatic voice. And I was so shocked. I didn't have the good sense to be scared at the moment because it was so shocking because you can't believe that you are seeing such a thing. But you are seeing a thing, and your mind is trying to check you. It's like, is that real? Is that not real? Are are we asleep? Are we falling asleep? What are we doing here? And it just sailed by and then disappeared. And after it disappeared, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to go to sleep now (laughs) because I can't process this. Ah, I don't know what this is. But it was really, really funny to me. So if I was hallucinating, it was a very cute, funny, strange hallucination. That's my one story. Now, my other story is really kind of recent. I was in California, and I was staying at a hotel. Um, visiting the child. And um, I got to the hotel, and I said, wow, I am beat. I'm just going to, you know, I got a few minutes. I got, I got time. I just got here. I don't have anything pressing to do right now. So I'm just going to get in bed and just maybe take a little nap, half hour, and get up and and get the lay of the land here. So there was like a decorative kind of, you know, blanket across the foot of the bed. And I got under the cover. It had a million pillows. And I was trying to find a pillow that was just right. Not too soft, not too hard, but just right. So I found found a pillow that I thought was, you know, going to work out. And as I got a little comfortable, I felt like something sat on the edge of the bed and on my feet. And I looked, I, I looked up and I kind of saw a depression in the bed. And I was like, hello. Okay, I don't bother you, you don't bother me. I'm going to take a nap. And 
you know, it stopped me for a minute. And I was like, wow, that's weird. And I looked down again, and I saw like a, a depression in the bed, like somebody was either getting up or settling in. And again, I was like, see, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> so that was kind of unusual. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to tell Hayes what happened. So we finally, I finally catch up with my daughter one day, and we're, we're just having a day where we're just hanging out. And I go into the stores and just, you know, like a nothing special day that you do together. No big, you know, sightseeing plans that day. And we're walking down the street, and I had told her, I said, you know, I think there's a ghost in here. And she's like, oh, come on. And I'm like, really? So we're walking down the street, and we're, we're, we're facing straight ahead. We're walking straight ahead. And she says, what? And I'm like, what? She goes, what? I'm like, what? What's going on? She goes, you just tapped me on my shoulder. I'm like, uh, no, I didn't. She goes, you did. I'm like, look where my hands are. They haven't moved. And she's like, oh, my God. I said, I told you there are ghosts here. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So I don't know if you believe in ghosts or don't believe in ghosts, but there were two, these were two, like, unusual experiences that I thought were kind of fun and funny, especially, you know, because this is the season of Halloween, and I knew I was going to be talking with you guys. I know uh, back in, what was that, August, maybe last September, when we had our friend to this show, Steve Parker, who is our natural intuitive, and he's kind of knowing about all things UFO. We like to talk about that here. Really knowledgeable about that kind of stuff. I'm always intrigued by, you know, the information he shares. But And, you know, people go dressed as aliens and astronauts, too, on Halloween. Um, we were hoping to have him report to us from, Salem, Massachusetts, which would have been really fun and interesting, but he ended up, excuse me, <coughs> uh, having to go out of town. And actually, he's on the West Coast, California, where I just came from, and that didn't work out. But, um, of course, he um, was kind of bummed out. Excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. And I got this frog in my voice um, and was unable to be with us and make that happen. And I was kind of bummed out because that would have been awesome fun. But, you know, we'll, he's always, uh, we'll have him back. And we'll think of something fun, as we always do. But that is that being, that being said... Like I said, have a great Halloween. Have lots of fun. But I want to talk. take a few minutes to talk about um, <coughs> sorry, an interview I'm going to be doing uh, this coming. <coughs> I'm sorry, folks. Damn it. Just calm down on me. I'm going to be doing with Matthew Knowles, the former um, manager and creator of Destiny's Child. And this is the father of Beyonce, the multi-million uh, dollar superstar. Um, he's written a new book called The DNA of 
of Achievers. I hope I have that right. And um, I've gotten the book and I've been able to get to reading it. And I think it's, it's um, you know, um, inspirational. You know, if you're looking for something to help you uh, get inspired and look at others who have achieved great things and done great things. Um, I, I think I kind of feel that in the music industry, people who are pursuing that avenue might find it, might find some, you know, things to take away from this book. I don't want to give away everything because, you know, I want you to be intrigued and I want you to come and check out the interview live or when it's rebroadcast or reposted. And we're kind of excited because we've all experienced, you know, the rise of Destiny's Child. We've all enjoyed their music. I mean, they're on my hit list at the gym. You know, I'm a survivor. So that gets me through, y'all. That workout begins hard and you just need a little uh, to get you to get you through those sit-ups, right? I know I do. Anyway, about that, and producer Aurelia has been working, has worked really hard to get that interview set up. And I think, I'm excited too, I hope I do, I hope I do the Cocoa Express and you the best invention ever justice with that. But that being said, uh, Check us out. I'm, I'm I'm hoping you call in and have questions, and you know we're going to have a good time. I hope to learn something inspiring myself. You know, I think there's no, you know, inspiration is always a good thing, from wherever you get it, and whoever you get it from. So, again, happy Halloween. Be safe. Have fun. Be careful. No tricks, lots of treats. All right, I'll I'll actually be seeing hearing from you next week, and then again at the end of November. All right, have a great day. Bye. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real. Listen, learn, and live. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.